This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. With you until 10 o'clock. Talking a lot of Philly so far as we continue to uh, celebrate the signing of Bryce Harper, a move that will, you know, one way or another be a franchise-changing move for this organization. I mean, this is a major turning point for the Phillies. And I think it was a great move. I mean, I know we made a lot all off season of the stupid money comments, and, you know, I still don't think they were wise comments uh, for John Middleton to make at the time. I I think in an honest moment, John Middleton would probably agree with that and say that, you know, he probably, if he had to do it all over again, um, not make those comments, the pressure it put on the organization, pressure it put on um, his general manager from a negotiating standpoint, made it difficult because, you know, the Phillies kind of were operating at a point where, you know, Scott Boris knew that it was going to be very difficult for them to go back in the end and sell this to their fan base if they were unable to to secure Bryce Harper, especially after Machado went off the board. But in the end, I got to say, I don't think it was, you know, stupid money. 13 years, $30 million dollars. For a guy like this, is not that absurd. I mean, the average annual value, which is really what indicates how great a player is. I mean, the fact he's getting twenty five point four million a year over the the course of the contract annually, average wise, it does allow you to do other things. As Bryce Harper said in his press conference, uh, alluding to the possibility of maybe this team going out and making a run at a Mike Trout a couple of years down the line, and. I don't think it's 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 stupid money. I think it is money well spent. I think it's a move that kind of brings this organization back to relevance, not just locally, but also nationally. I mean, you watch MLB Network over the past couple of years, which I got to say, I haven't watched MLB Network at all over the last few years because they didn't care about the Phillies. Phillies weren't a relevant team, even when they were good last year. The Phillies weren't entertaining. The Phillies weren't a team to be taken seriously. They are now. The Phillies are now relevant again nationally for the first time since 2011, both here in town and across the nation. And it's an awesome thing to see. And when you bring in a guy like a Bryce Harper, it legitimizes your franchise. It legitimizes what you're building. And the fact that they have these foundational pieces to build around over the next decade Harper, Hoskins, Nola, how you can possibly supplement that that down the line. In fact, you still do have money to spend. Having guys in the lineup for the short term, like a real Muto, and and adding Segura, adding McCutcheon, 
I mean, an unbelievable offseason for this organization. I mean, we could be looking back in five to ten years, and we could end up saying this was possibly the best offseason any Philadelphia team has ever had. I mean, it's that potentially impactful when you overhaul half your half your starting lineup, half your batting order. Every spot vastly improved. You replace Jorge Alfaro with JT Real Muto. Nick Williams with Bryce Harper. Scott Kingery slash J.P. Crawford with Gene Segura. Carlos Santana with Andrew McCutcheon once, you know, Reese Hoskins moves back to his normal position at first base. A tremendous offseason for the Phillies. And as we've been talking about, uh, kind of our main point here is it sets them up to return back to greatness, sets them up for that next great era of Phillies baseball. And as you look ahead to that, you look back to that other era, 2007 to 2011. It seems like so long ago. It really wasn't. But it seems like a long time ago. And the fact that baseball was, for a little while, rivaling football for the dominant sport in this town. And it's crazy, but it really was. I mean, we were living and dying with a Phillies game in May. You know, I, I remember how invested you are, you get in, you know, that 18-inning game against the Reds. I think that was like a late May, early June game back in 2011. And it's like that's where we're heading back to. We're heading back to the Phillies being must-watch television every night. And it's a great feeling, and it makes me think back to those times. And, you know, your favorite memory from those periods, our last call were brought up a great one, that Jimmy Rollins walk-off against the Dodgers in in 09. I was at that game. It was the loudest I'd ever heard a stadium up until I, I was fortunate enough to go to the NFC Championship game against the Vikings. Loudest I've ever heard a stadium was when Patrick Robinson took that uh, pick back for a touchdown, tied that game up. That stadium was literally shaking. But before that, the loudest I had ever heard a stadium was when Jimmy Rollins hit that ball into the gap. And I remember I'm sitting on the first baseline, like up kind of under the awning on the first level. And, you know, I had Sunday season tickets that year. So you get tickets to one game per series. And me and my buddy had tickets to that game for versus Dodgers. And I remember Jimmy Rollins hits that ball. And first thing you're thinking is, is it going to drop? Because they had a runner on second. You know, are they going to tie the game? And then you see it, it drops. And then you see it's going to the wall. And then I look back to see where the base runner is. And Carlos Ruiz, I swear, I don't think he's ever run that fast in his life. I look back, and the ball's just getting to the wall. And Carlos Ruiz is rounding third. And I'm I'm like, they're going to win this game. It's incredible. And my friend, I, 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 my friend just started literally punching me in the, in the chest as hard as he could because it was that kind of incredible moment. You're just so overcome with, with emotion in that, in that time. That was one of the most incredible games I've ever been to. Obviously, the Phillies took a 3-1 lead that night and ended up crushing them in game five and excellent. Like the Dodgers were mentally finished after that game. Like, you just knew after they lost that game, Broxton blew another save that they were finished. And that was that was a great one. But thinking back, your best memories from that 07 to 2011 great era of Phillies baseball as we head into the next great era of Phillies baseball, which I think could be and will be longer 
with the team that they have now, the guys as young as they are now, Harper, Hoskins, Nola, these guys are going to be good and, rel- and uh, you know, top-level players for at least the next seven, eight years. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon. So let's go to Mike in Westchester. What's happening, Mike? Hey, TK, great show, man. Thanks, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I mean, it's amazing that Harper's uh, jersey sale broke a record, you know? Yeah, I saw Correct. that earlier today. Bryce Harper sold more jerseys in the first 24 hours of, um, you know, them going on sale than any player Maybe. in any sport ever. That's unbelievable. It I is. Mean, it's crazy. Just, look how many, I mean, it's a, the ticket sales. I mean, what's it, like 250000 in the first three days or something like that? It's the ticket sales. I the last wow. I saw was as of yesterday, which is what two, day, two days out. It was two twenty. Yeah. So two hundred twenty thousand yeah. tickets since in like a forty eight hour period, something like that. Insane. Wow. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, it's like I'm so excited. I mean, I think it's one of the greatest moments in, in history of the city. I mean, really, the, the greatest acquisition. I think it's bar none. Yeah, the greatest signing. But I, I can't. You, can you see? Can you? Is there any better I mean, you can think of? No, I mean, there's, there's not. I mean, when you think of uh, each team, I mean, the yeah. the Phillies one that I think, at least in my time, I, I know people have brought up Pete Rose. That was before my time, but yeah. you know, recently that I can remember, Cliff Lee was a big deal. Cliff Lee wasn't anywhere was. near what this no. is. I mean, this is insane. This, the, no, this I mean, is it, one it, of the top five players in the game. And you got him for the rest of yeah. for, for the rest some people, of his career. So called experts are like knocking him, and this guy is a superstar. I mean, he is going to be great with the Phillies. I, I mean, you have to, you have to applaud the ownership because they had the you know, the wherewithal, and they they and the, and the guts, and they wanted to go for it. And and Clintac for making these deals and make this team better. You ask what expectations, Tom. I think they could win ninety games. Uh, no no problem. And and what I saw, if Arietta could pitch decent, he looked pretty good so far. Maybe his knee was messed up, and that was a part of the problem. Yeah, he I mean, just decently. Ari, Arietta, Arietta is an X factor for them this year. They need he him really to, is. at minimum, be better than he was last year. I mean, and we're not asking him to, to be a Cy Young guy. Those days no. are behind him. He's no. not going to be that guy. But if he could be, you know, a solid guy in that rotation that you could you could count on behind Nola, mm-hmm. you know, then. It really helps. It takes pressure off some of those other young guys in the rotation. It does. It really, really does. And you said, I'll tell you what, for me, and obviously you can say the 2008 World Series, I have never seen a stadium like I saw it when Halliday pitched that no-hitter against the Reds. I never, never. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that was a, through- Yeah, that was an awesome one, Mike, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Yeah, that was an awesome one. The the. The Roy Halladay no hitter. I remember I was out out at a bar with my friends for that game, and that was that was insane. I mean, I, I guess the last Phillies pitcher who pitched a no hitter before that was probably Millwood. What back in like '03 or something like that. But that was insane to throw a no hitter in the playoffs is is incredible. I mean, that was that was an awesome moment. That was a great one. And uh, Phillies obviously went on to sweep that series, and then the the Giants series they lost. Man, I, that and it brings back these memories and these feelings of watching those those great games, those great series. I still to this day despise Cody Ross, that guy who was this average what two forty hitter for the course of his career. He's a bum, Cody Ross, but he destroyed the Phillies. In that NLCS. I remember game one against Halliday. He 
what he, I think he homered off him twice or something like that. Cody Ross, oh my God. It, it brings back those memories. Cody Ross, I couldn't stand that guy. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 near AT&T, Verizon. So let's go to Bob in Sicklerville. What's up, Bob? Hey, Tom, great show. Thanks, man. Uh, looking at the Phillies roster, I love the way it's filled out. You know, I'm heading down to Florida this week to catch some games. And I'm just curious, looking at how Kapper likes to manage his bench. What do you think he's going to do at first base when Hoskins needs a breather? Are we going to go with Andrew Knapp? Do you think he'll be creative and try a Franco or possibly even Harper? What's your thoughts there? Well, that's interesting, Bob. And I haven't really thought of that that much because Hoskins will be out there most days. I think what you could do, that could be a way to get Kingery some time. If, if you want to play Franco at first base on those days when Hoskins is out, get Kingery some time at third. Also, I, I think an interesting idea that you might want to consider, too, is, you know, for a guy like Real Muto, who has all that wear and tear behind the plate, maybe that's a way to kind of keep his bat in the lineup but not have him take all that punishment that it takes to catch. Maybe have Real Muto play a little first. Yeah, I kind of thought that, too. I know Kapper likes to get everybody multiple positions. It also brings me to my final final point, but also brings me to my point about my favorite memory. We don't have that rock star bench guy right now that can come in in a big clutch situation. And in the case of emergency, I always want to use stairs. So we don't have a match stairs. I would love to get one, but he's my favorite moment from the, the 08 run. Oh, that's a great one. That That's a great one, Bob. And uh, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, that, that, that match stairs, Homer, was incredible. And it's funny because... That is very similar to the Jimmy Rollins moment, both game for the NLCS, both against the Dodgers. And, you know, maybe the, the, the play in that game that is most overlooked is they were down 5-3, and Victorino's two-run homer before that was huge. Victorino hit a line drive homer out to right to tie the game. Then I think the Phillies got some kind of weird double play. It was like a line drive, and Utley made a good play on a ball, and uh, they got out of that inning. And then Stairs slammed a two-run homer. I mean, that's a great moment. And when you look at the, – the bench is an interesting thing when you look at this team and how they're going to fill out this roster here um, because, you know, obviously the National League bench is still a very important part of the game as long as there is the, the pitcher el- uh, hitting element which we don't know how long that's going to be. By the way, that's another real um, possible benefit of the Harper move down the line. The Phillies could potentially get a few more years out of Harper, save some wear and tear on his body. If the DH does come to the National League, you kind of get a head start on that. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill out this bench. Because I guess Andrew Knapp, who, uh, Nappy, as Gabe likes to call him, I'm not a huge fan of Andrew Knapp, but I guess he'll be your backup catcher. Kingery, I guess, is going to go back in that super utility role. I I would like Kingery to get some playing time, but I just don't know where that playing time is going to come from. You know, if you don't trade Cesar Hernandez, which I don't think they're going to do, and, I, you know, I know Gabe is talking about a competition at third base between Kingery and Franco. I think Franco is going to get the majority of the playing time there. I'm a Franco guy. I think Franco hitting in the seven hole this year where I think he'll – be best suited to hit. I think Franco could have a really big year. Um, so I guess Kingery will be a bench guy. And, you know, Nick Williams is the real interesting one. Where What do they do with him? Because I think Roman Quinn will be here if he's healthy as a, you know, fifth outfielder type guy. But if 
if Nick Williams sticks around, I think he's a really good asset as a fourth outfielder. He showed last year can be a really productive pinch pinch hitter, was very good in that role last year, and that's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to step off the bench cold and come in and get big hits, and Nick Williams was very good in that role when asked to do it last year. Uh, So I'd like him, but at the same time, if the Phillies are looking to add help to the starting rotation, if they are looking to add pitching help, Nick Williams would be a guy it would make a lot of sense to move. You know, I think Nick Williams is is a player who a lot of teams out there would have interest in who are looking for corner outfielders because I, I he's not great, but he's a starting caliber player. He's a starting level player. He'd be improvement. He'd be an improvement in right or left field for for a lot of teams out there. So as much as I'd like to keep Nick Williams around as a fourth outfielder, uh, kind of get him some time, spell McCutcheon, spell Harper and use him as predominantly a pinch hitter, it wouldn't shock me to see Nick Williams uh, be moved and then kind of use Aaron Altair in that role. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon Cell. Talking about the Bryce Harper signing, what can we expect from the Phillies this year? What can we expect from them this season immediately? You know, we know they're going to be good over the next decade, but what can we expect this year? This is a, a really good division. A really competitive division. The Phillies do have some holes still, but they are so much improved offensively that I think they could win the division, and get back to the postseason this year. So, what can what is realistic to expect from them this year? What do you expect from them this year? And you know, as we look toward this next great era of Phillies baseball, looking back at the great moments from that last era from two thousand seven through 2011 and you know reminiscing about some of those times I'd love to get some of those great moments from you as well 888-729-9494 pound 9494 in your AT&T and Verizon sell Rick and Adam you guys will be first and then we got uh, you if you want to get in 888-729-9494 pound 9494 AT&T Verizon sell and when we get back I do want to talk a little bit about um, Gabe Kaplan, who was, uh, uh, I guess a, a polarizing figure in year one as Philly's manager. What can we expect from Gabe and his evolution in year two? 888-729-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. P, I'm Tom Kelly with you until 10 o'clock. Uh, thank you, by the way, to Mike Tafuri, who produced the first hour of the program. Anthony Foley now in producing the rest of the way. Uh, if you want to get in, 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon. So in addition to the Philly stuff we've been discussing, we will get in to the Sixers um, and their disappointing loss last night. Uh, if you want to get into that, we'll, we'll we'll do that a little later on in the uh, rest of the 7 o'clock hour and the 8 o'clock hour. Um, disappointing loss and uh, the concerns about Brett Brown, why – some of those might be validated. You know, games like last night certainly show that. So if you want to get in on the Sixers and your concerns at how that game ended as well, you're more than welcome to. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon Cell. But discussing about the Phillies and uh, Bryce Harper, the fact that we're really on the verge of heading into the next great era of Phillies baseball. 
Um, what you can expect from the team this year. Can they win the division this season? And, you know, as we look at this next great era, you look back at, at some of the best moments from 2007 to 2011, which seems like a long time ago. But, it, you know, it really wasn't that long ago. Seems like it because it seems like this team's been irrelevant for a while. But, you know, some of your best memories from that era of Phillies baseball when they were really the big show in town. 888-729-9494. Let's go back to the phones. Rick in Summers Point. What's up, Rick? Tom, hey, man, how you doing? Um, so I wanted to share a quick story about the 2007 Phillies, if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. All right, so my dad and my brother Stephen and I are listening. Uh, we had the Sunday package. You mentioned earlier that you, you also had the Sunday package during that era. Yep. Uh, we were sit, sitting out in uh, Section 144, if you remember, the guy that used to dress like a Spartan soldier every single Sunday at the Phillies game. We sat behind him okay. um, and basically want to talk about the, the last game of the season. You remember, we needed oh, to yeah. win, and the Mets needed to lose. And if you remember, the Mets game started before the Phillies Nationals game did. Yep. So the Mets, the Mets were playing the Marlins, and we're all sitting there in the stadium watching the electronic scoreboard. We're watching the electronic scoreboard, and we are cheering for every run scored against the Mets, and the place is rocking. And all of a sudden, the, the Mets are down something crazy, like 9-1. to one. It was, I believe, 7 nothing in the first inning. I think the Marlins scored like seven runs in the top of the first or something like that. It was something crazy. Right, right. And, and so, so the Mets are down big. We need a win, and there's not a soul at Citizens Bank Park that thinks the Phillies are going to lose this game. And right before the game starts, jump by Van Halen plays on the PA system, and the place becomes a party. We already won before the first pitch got thrown. We all know how it ends. We win the division. Um, my dad, always he always brought this this big, like, professional $900 camera to the game like the dork that he is, and uh, he's got a great picture of Ryan Howard pointing at us, and uh, my brother and I were, were, I don't know, 12 and 15 at the time, and it was a great time, and ushered in a great era of uh, Phillies baseball. So um, excited for the next era, excited for tailgates to be fun again at the Phillies games. Bank is going to be rocking. The beautiful girls are going to be there. Oh, yeah. Bryce Harper, we got them. We got them, Phillies Nation. Yep, it's going to be awesome. Call, no man. problem, Rick. Appreciate it. And that's a great, that's a great one because, you know, uh, your mind always goes to the postseason moments, and, you know, I, I, I get that, but there were some awesome regular season moments, especially that 07 season. Uh, because that was really the first year. That was the first year they got back in the playoffs, and you know that was really my first time seeing the Phillies in the postseason. I always wanted to see playoff baseball, um, and you know I was I, I was like five or six back in '93, so I don't really remember that that vividly. But I remember that day. I remember I was up visiting my friend. A bunch of my friends went to Shippensburg, so I go up there a lot to visit them um, during my college years. And I remember I, I wanted to make sure I was back early that Sunday to watch the Phillies-Nats game. And, yeah, you're watching at home, and on the scoreboard, they just keep showing the Marlins just pounding the Mets. And that was that was so great because that was when the Phillies-Mets rivalry was awesome. I mean, the Phillies-Mets rivalry for that 07, 08, 09 period was was great. And the best part about it was that, the Phillies owned the Mets. 
the Phillies dominated the Mets. That was when the Mets, I think they were up seven and a half with 17 to play, and they totally collapsed. And you knew going into that day that the Mets were in trouble. And when they went out and they gave up seven runs in the first inning, the Marlins just jumped all over them. And you just kind of knew that the Phillies were going to win because the the Phillies were going up against the Nats. I believe Moyer started that day, and the Nats were still, you know, just getting off the ground at that point. They were still uh, in the infancy stages, so they weren't they weren't a good team that yet. They were still like a ninety five hundred loss team. So that was a great one when you knew the Mets were going to lose. You knew the Phillies just needed to win to get back to the postseason, and. Uh, they were able to get it done. That was that was a great memory. Unfortunately, they they uh, weren't able to do much in the playoffs uh, when they faced Colorado. That was kind of a frustrating series. But uh, that was a great memory, that 07 season finale when the Phillies got back into the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Adam in West Virginia. What's up, Adam? How you doing, Tom? Good. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Psyched about this Bryce Harper signing. It's almost unreal. Like, I, I can't get over it because all the rumors were throwing me off. I was ready to jump shit, honestly. And then the next day, I think, they announced it. I was actually just turned on uh, Radio.com to listen to you guys, and guys were announcing it. And I was just, like, screaming throughout my house. It was – I can't – I'll probably never forget that moment. Yeah, it was nuts. I, I got a text from my brother, and then I immediately – I'm like, oh, he, he's an idiot. He must have seen a wrong report. You know, so I immediately go to Twitter, and I, I couldn't believe it was real. I really couldn't because, I, hey, man, I, I like everybody else. The beginning of last week, I thought it was done. I thought he was going somewhere yeah. else. I thought the Phillies were not, weren't going to get him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, him bringing up, like, uh, Mike Trout and all that, and, like, everybody wants him here. There are so many who wants to play for the Phillies. Wouldn't you think that the Phillies would have an advantage with the Angels in that situation because – the Angels can't get a extension set. They might flat out ask them, like, "Do you plan on going to Philly?" And the Phillies would have leverage then, because wouldn't you think the Angels would want to get something in return instead of just letting him walk and free agency? I mean, that, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's very interesting, Adam. And I, I think that the Angels are in a tough spot where you know the Angels, if they're having another bad year here which I don't think they're going to be very good. If they're having another bad year and they get the sense that Trout isn't going to resign, they need to trade him, whether it be at the deadline or next offseason. They need to trade him, and I don't know if that necessarily means they trade him here. They're going to trade him wherever they get the best offer, but the Phillies uh, the Phillies would have to feel confident in their ability to resign him. And if I look at the potential to acquire Mike Trout, other than Rice Harper, Reese Hoskins, and Aaron Nola, right. anybody else in the organization is on the table. Anybody. And, you know, I'd give up whatever it takes to go get him because if you get him here, if you're willing to pay him the money, which the Phillies would be, I think he'd resign, certainly. Doesn't he have a full uh, no-trade clause? I yeah, but, um, you know, he might. He might. I'm not sure. But, but, if th- you're, yeah. but if you're Mike Trout, though, and say – the Yankees are in first place, and they're knocking on the door. Why wouldn't he accept the trade there? Absolutely, because I don't even think he's played in the playoffs, right? right? Well, he played one year, and they got swept out. So oh, yeah, they, yeah. he's never won a playoff game. He's been in one time. They got swept. But other than that, 
you know, that's an aging roster, and they have a lot of money committed. I don't see the Angels as being a team able to, to turn this thing around. Wow. So, Harper, is this going to uh, allow us possibly to help recruit and bring in some of his uh, buddies and friends he knows around the league? It's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Are you having a moment from me for, for me, Adam, from that uh, 2007-11 period? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say um, the Matt Stairs. Okay, Matt Stairs Dodgers. over. Yeah, I was on the radio actually driving, and I heard that, and, man, I almost – I had to pull over. I was yelling. It was amazing. Yeah, it's, that, that's a great one, Adam. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, you know, I know a lot of people get on Joe Buck. I, I love Joe Buck. I think he's great at football, great at baseball. Um, I've always been a Joe Buck fan, and his call of that homer was tremendous. Uh, and uh, that, that, was, that was such an amazing moment because that was really – you know, the Phillies won the, the first-round series against Milwaukee. And then, remember, Game 3, they won the first two games here. Then Game 3, they got blown out. And, you know, you kind of worried that maybe, you know, their pitching staff wasn't good enough. Remember that year, and this is why I, I put more stock into offense than pitching, is you remember, you know, those 08, 07, 08, that 08 team, the pitching staff behind Cole Hamels was Brett Myers, Jamie Moyer, Joe Blanton. You know, I'd rather have an offensive team. I think it's more fun to watch. And I think, you know, in the end, I'd, I I think you need to score runs in the playoffs. I think that wins more than, more than pitching does. But, you know, that was really the moment. When they won game four of that series, that was the moment in my mind that really told you they they have a real chance here. Like, they can really do this. They can they can win the World Series this season. And then they were able to win game five the next night and then play Tampa in the World Series. But that was that was an unbelievable moment when Matt Stairs hit that homer, uh becomes a Philly legend forever by hitting that home run. So we'll continue taking your greatest memories uh from that two thousand seven to two thousand eleven period of Phillies baseball. Let's go to Jennifer and Hatfield. Hey Jennifer Hey, Tom, how are you tonight? Thanks for taking my call. No problem, Jennifer. How are you doing? Good, good. I am so excited. I just got, I just bought tickets to uh, the Nationals game, and I cannot wait. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be cool to see Harper play against the Nationals, certainly going down there. Um, he's going to get booed. Without a doubt, but yeah, that that rivalry now is going to be amped up to another level. I think. Absolutely. I was wondering how many years out do you think we are from um, the parade? Uh, I mean, that's tough to say. Baseball is a hard one to really handicap because it, it, once you get into the postseason, postseason, it is very you know, it's a lot of randomness because. Uh, it's what makes the baseball playoffs great that you can get in as a wild card team and you can go on a run and, and get to a World Series. But as far as you know, potential once you get in, any team really has a shot. And I think the Phillies could be back in the playoffs this year. So I mean, they could be content, legitimate contenders as early as this year. I think I really do believe that. I hope so. I um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been a fan. I can still remember as a kid in the 
um, 70s, just listening to KYW and Harry and Richie calling the games. Um, so I am really psyched. But um, one of my favorite memories from the 2000 era, uh, I remember getting to the train station, and I thought we got there in plenty of time. The lineup for the train was a mile long, and I managed to grab my sister and say, let's jump on the train. Got on the train. You couldn't move the whole way. The day of the parade you're talking about. The day of the parade. Wow. And it was so exciting. You, You were packed in there. Literally, I was leaning against the door of the train. Um, because there were so many people on there, and it was a free ride down and a free ride back, and most of the people were trying to buy tickets to get on the train, and I felt so bad that I jumped the train, but I got on, we went down, and it was fabulous. Oh, my God. We had such a wonderful time, and I just, I can't wait. Yeah, that was a, that was an awesome parade. I appreciate the call, Jennifer. Thanks. That was an awesome day. That was the first parade I I got a chance to go to was the Phillies parade, and that was a that was a heck of a time. I had a a great time that day. Eagles parade. Um, I had to work. I was working working that day for for the Eagles parade, so I didn't get to have as much fun, but uh, still a great time. But yeah, that Phillies parade was a pretty incredible memory. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. If you want to get in, as we Look forward to this next era of Phillies baseball, this next great era of Phillies baseball, your favorite memories from that last era from 2007 to 2011, um, and just your thoughts on Phillies baseball officially being back and relevant and expectations for this season uh, with Bryce Harper. And when we get back, I-, I wanted to talk about this segment. We'll talk about it next segment a little bit. Gabe Kapler in year two with a much different team, what we can expect from Gabe this year, Chris, you'll be first after the break. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon, Cell. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 10. Thanks to Anthony Foley for digging that up. That was Joe Buck on Fox, that Matt, Matt Stairs Homer. It's a great call. Just, uh, you know, that's why I like Joe Buck. Understated, you know, doesn't go totally insane. But that was a tremendous call. What a what a great night that was. Phillies end up winning that game and that was really the exclamation point in the series. Those series over the Dodgers, I mean, the Phillies own the Dodgers still. The Phillies, you know, beat the Dodgers in the NLCS two years in a row. Now they beat the Dodgers in, you know, getting Bryce Harper. The Dodgers' offer for Harper was uh, p- pretty significant, too. I mean, short term, only four years, but four years, 180, would have paid them an average of $45 million a year. I mean, that speaks a lot to the fact that Bryce Harper really wanted, as he said during his press conference, somewhere where he could grow, you know, somewhere where he could where he could build, be for a long time, didn't want an opt-out, uh, wanted the no-trade clause. Because, hey, I bought into that narrative that he wanted to, you know, be out west, that he didn't necessarily want to play in Philadelphia. And that turned out completely not to be the case because, you know, if that was the case, he easily could have taken that deal from the Dodgers Easily could have taken that 12-year deal from the Giants. 
but instead opted to come to Philadelphia on a 13-year contract, gave him the record of 330. But when you look at the average uh, annual value of that deal, certainly not absurd at all. 888-729-9494, pound 944. I'm Tom Kelly with you until 10 o'clock. And get back to the phones in one second here, but I do want to uh, touch on Gabe Kapler because a lot of people have, you know, had differing opinions on Gabe and what Gabe did last year. And I was impressed with Gabe Kapler last season. I thought Gabe Kapler as a whole did a good job with this team with limited resources. Because, you know, as I, as we've talked about, the fact of the matter is that that was not a playoff caliber roster last year. It just wasn't. I mean, they they played above their head for three and a half months. They got really good pitching. Nola was just ridiculous, where he's an, an automatic win one about a, one every five days, where you're not going to be able to rely on that all the time. And the lineup just was not good enough. They they didn't have enough offense to win. And you know, I know a lot of people were very critical of Gabe and the way he would maneuver all the time with the lineup and he would move guys around to different spots in the order would move guys around to different positions on the field to kind of get his best bats in the lineup or his best matchups on any given day. And I've heard a lot of people express concern about Gabe maybe being too hands on this year, but I think we're going to see a much different Gabe Kapler in year two. I do. I think this is, you know, the, I think Gabe Kapler being so hands-on last season was a byproduct of him just not having the kind of talent that he needed to be successful. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Going into this season, I think Gabe Kapler has a roster that is a lot easier to manage. And I don't think he's going to need to make the kind of maneuvering moves that he made last year. You know, uh, some of the things I thought were ridiculous, like at the end of the year, pinch hitting for Scott Kingery before he even has an at-bat. I think that was a little a little over the top. But this year, you know, you look at the lineup, and it is going to be much easier for him to just plug and play. It's going to be a lot easier to just say, hey, you know, most days it's going to be the same starting eight. They're going to be hitting in the same spots in the order. Obviously, you'll move it around from time to time. But... I don't think the concerns about Gabe and being too hands-on are going to play as much a role as some people do. I think that Gabe is going to be much... Um, I, I think he's going to be much much more conventional this year because he does have those kind of players that are established, are elite, and you can, it'll be much easier for him to just plug and play. So... Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on Gabe Kapler, your impressions of him in year one, and what you think about him going into year two. I think it's going to be much easier for him, and I think he's going to be um, much less of a much less of a factor this year than he was last year. Certainly, when it comes to making the lineup. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four pound nine four nine four AT and T Verizon. So, also, uh, what do you think this team is a? You know, what is what is it? a reasonable expectation of the Phillies this season and your best memories as we look forward to this next great era of Phillies baseball, your favorite memories from that other era from 07 to 11. 
888-729-9494. Back to the phones, Chris in Dover. What's up, Chris? Hey, T. Kelly, what's up? What's up, man? How's it going? Great, great subject. I got so much, I don't know where to start, but I want to save my memories for the end, okay? Sure, go ahead. First of all, Bryce, Bryce Harper's with the Phillies. We The Phillies are relevant again for the first time in seven years, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Despite the run and being a contender last year, it was it wasn't exciting to watch, and I didn't want to go to a game to be totally honest with, which a lot of people didn't. Just look at the attendance and the games on TV, right? But they were still in contention in August, and they took Bryce Harper away from the Nationals, our our fierce rival in the same division. Yeah, that that makes it even sweeter, doesn't it, Chris? That you take that you take him away from a division rival, and it's funny because my uncle is. My uncle is a Nationals fan. I, he, he moved down there a while ago. He had season tickets to now. He says, oh, Harper's not that good. Like, okay. You know, they're just bitter that Harper left the Nationals. But right. it's, it, it's great to take him from a division rival. And it's going to make, make that rivalry even that much better now. It's going to be tremendous. Have you ever been down to a Nats game when we own that park? In, I haven't. Lake? I really want to do that. I, I, went, I went up to Shea in the last year of Shea. Uh, to a Phillies Mets game in 08. That was awesome. I need to go down to a Nationals game, though. Dan. It's a beautiful park, a nice ride, and we owned, you heard it on the TV, we owned that stadium when we travel there. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. And I, I remember, I guess it was 2011 when the Phillies opened down there, and there must have been more Phillies fans down there than Nationals fans that day. That was, there was. Before the Nationals were any good, yeah. I got and that's what I mean again. Relevant, and we took him from the Nats. It's incredible. And this offseason, the moves. I don't. I know we're talking about it, but are we really thinking this is one of the great offseason moves overall? What a Philly team has brought in. It it could go down as one of the great offseasons ever. Yeah, yeah, Chris. I mean, you look at it. They literally changed half their lineup. I mean, they replaced four spots in their lineup with. You know, when you look at Real Muto, Segura, and Harper, top-notch, all-star caliber players, McCutcheon, yeah, more toward the tail end of his career, but they replaced four players in their lineup with top-quality talent. It's incredible. We're going to love this guy real quick. I heard the interview the other day uh, down there at uh, Clearwater with Boris and all that. Mm -hmm. I just, I I know you heard, obviously, right? The interview and just listening to this guy with the number change and why he picked it and just everything about it. We're going to love this guy. We hated him, and now we're going to love him. Yeah, he he knocked that introductory press conference out of the park, Chris. That was really impressive, whether people had, you know, bad impressions of Bryce Harper in the past. You know, I'm sure he's matured over the years. He came off great there. What, what do you got for a memory for me? This memory, it, it's a great one, but a sad one. But I was there. I'll try to put it real quick if you can give me a minute. Sure. I, 2011, NLDS, Game 5, Carpenter and oh. Doc Halliday. This is, oh, man, that's a that's an awful memory, Chris. Uh, I, I know it was. I was there, split a game package that year with a buddy. I got that. I got that game, and he was going to get the next series if they advanced. So oh, I was able man. to go to that game. Unfortunately, right? I'm there, upper deck, 400 level. You remember the game, I'm sure. Yeah, I do. Yep. Two, two, one, final. Doc Holliday goes eight innings. Carpenter 
outduels. It, it was actually one nothing, Chris. One nothing. Right. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. It was. It was one nothing. You're right. I apologize. No, one nothing. Carpenter throws the complete game against his former teammate, best friend. Yep. And I moved down with my daughter. It was about eight or nine at the time. It was me, and my daughter, and my wife. Moved down. My wife leaves the game in the seventh inning, disgusted. I said, I'll meet you at the car. I moved my daughter down to the first level, Tom, to watch the last two innings because I wanted to be close to the action in a one nothing game. Mm-hmm. And we're down there, and you know what happened in oh, the last at bat, of course. Yep, Ryan Howard, yep. So not only did we lose the game, we lost the series. My daughter's crying on the way home, doesn't understand. She's nine years old. Ryan Howard, we lose two legends. And Ryan Howard and Roy ha- Doc Halliday were never the same players, really, after that game. No, and I appreciate the call, Chris. Sorry, got to run. But, uh, yeah, that was – man, that game was awful. I, we got to hit the break here. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get back. That was one of the most crushing losses ever, any sport in my lifetime. Uh, see all the guys on hold. We'll run through the calls when we get back as well. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, getting your memory, supposed to your best memories from 07 to 11. That was kind of a downer a little bit, but uh, still part of it as well. That was really the end of the run. But as we look forward to this next great Phillies run, the great memories from that last great Phillies run. 888-729-9494. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 10. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.